0: So I'm here with Dr. Rebecca Hoffman, owner of Kiriwi Family Medical Practice. Hi. Good morning, Dr. Hoffman. Good morning. So you're a person with many accolades. Uh, You have run this practice for several years now, Mm. including through a pandemic. Yes. Tell me a bit about what your morning was like.
1: Sure. So I love general practice and I love that every morning I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to be seeing that day. one of the things that makes it interesting makes it fun um this morning i've seen a couple of patients some new some previously known to me um the first up patient for the morning was a young female looking to get her routine cervical screening done
0: okay what does that look like is that something you do or what's yeah absolutely
1: so Cervical screening is something that any GP can do. It is a routine um, screening test, so a population-based screening test, Mm -hmm. where all females are invited to participate from age 25. Um, There are two options for cervical screening. We can either do a clinician collect or a self-collect. So your clinician collect is your traditional speculum exam, Mm -hmm. which I think All females will have a story about that or an experience with that, Mm -hmm. which is a relatively um, invasive test. It involves getting undressed and the doctor introducing a speculum into the vagina to take a swab from your cervix. Mm -hmm. Um, Or there's actually now really excitingly a self-collect. So a self-collect is where the patient themselves can actually collect the swab with the important thing being that it's as effective or it's as good of a test as the clinician collect, which for a patient means we don't have to do an invasive test every five years that we previously had to. So for the patients that are underscreened or avoiding screening or have never been screened or just don't want to do a pap smear, then they've got this new awesome option that they can do instead.
0: I mean, that's a pretty exciting change. I imagine we'll catch a few people who were Hmm. having hesitancy about coming to the doctor. It's incredible. Um, What else have you seen this morning?
1: Yeah, so then after looking after that lovely lady, um, the next patient was a young boy here for his 18 month needles. Now, 18-month immunizations, I think, are easily the most difficult ones to do in childhood. Yes. So six-week-olds are great. Six-week-olds, scary and anxious and anxiety-inducing for the parents. The first time they've ever had immunizations, often the first time they've ever left home to come out for this six-week check and six-week needles, but they bounce back really quick. Hmm. Two, Two needles, a little liquid vaccination, and they bounce back. Four months, quite similar. They bounce back really quickly. You barely even know they were there. Six months, they're starting to get a little bit aware of what's going on. There might be a few more tears afterwards. Mm-hmm. Twelve months, really starting to get hard. Kids often then know what needles are. Eighteen months is rough. Eighteen months, the kids often need to be held down, which will involve mum or dad applying some decent hand-holding and it's rough they get upset they don't like it and there's three needles so we do them simultaneously here with the nurse so we do them at the same time but it is something that requires often quite a bit of encouragement from mum or dad and uh, quick and skilled nursing and medical staff but hugely important vaccinations to do it's their first time they get vaccinated for varicella, so for mm-hmm. chickenpox, which has been newly introduced to the schedule in the last decade. Um, and the previous vaccines that they've got, they are getting boosters for as well. So Yeah, I think yeah. we've
0: all been surprised by how quickly 18 months get strong yeah, very fast they in the past. Do.
1: And eighteen months is an amazing milestone because by 18 months, they're, they're running, they're doing stuff, they're little kids with personalities, they're saying no, they're telling you they don't like things, they're throwing a ball, they're climbing a fence. 18 months, they're, they're talking to you, they're saying words, there's this explosion of character that happens between 12 and 18 months that is really delightful to see as a GP. What
0: about optional vaccines? Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so I talked to all of my patients about optional vaccines. So we did one this morning on this patient as well. The one we did this morning was Bexero, so meningococcal B. So meningococcal, we already cover A, C, Y and W at Mm -hmm. the 12 month needles. But Bexero, so meningococcal B is an optional one albeit optional, it actually is the most widely reported strain in New South Wales. So mm. it is one that I recommend for all of my patients. If we start the vaccination schedule before 12 months, there's a course of three needles that are required. If we start after, eight, after 12 months, it's a course of two. It is, however, a reasonably expensive vaccination. So each needle costs on average $150. Mm-hmm. So it does add up quite quickly when you need two or three needles. However, you may find that your private health insurance will give you a portion of that back. Um, if you decide that you want to proceed for your child, then we, we can book that in and you can either do it with the current vaccine schedule or do it separate to the current vaccine schedule and talk to the nurse because they will need to schedule them in at certain timeframes. Okay.
0: So you've, you've run a practice now for several years um, through a pandemic, no less. Mm. What are the sort of the principles that get you up every day and keep you going? Like what, what drives you?
1: So other than paying my mortgage? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I so it's, so admittedly, it is way harder than I thought it would be running what I can no longer call a small business. So now probably a medium to large size business is really hard work. We have 38 staff members here Um, I know it's big and yeah and they rely on us to run a business every day they that's how they pay their mortgage that's why they get out of bed but I do it because well because I love it because this is a general practice that I want to work at it's somewhere that I would want to bring my family to because I grew up in this community and I love this community and I think we deserve good health care and that's what we provide here we provide a family general practice of the absolute essence of what a family general practice is it's somewhere where you'll go for pregnancy care you'll go for that devastating day that you have a miscarriage you'll go when you've got six week needles you'll bring your four-year-old when they've fallen over in the playground and bumped their chin, you'll bring your grandma, you'll, it's all of general practice, it's everything and we love doing it and we do it really well and that's the type of practice we are, that's the type that we've worked really hard to be, and that's why we do it because we love doing it.
0: What's in the future for you? I think we've all... Uh, we've all interviewed here at the practice and we've sat in that room of yours with the wall without any more room for awards or accolades. Where are you heading? What what do you see as the future for Dr Rebecca Hoffman?
1: I have so many plans, which is really, really exciting. So um, I was actually just thinking about this yesterday because yesterday I started my next um, piece of paper to go onto my wall. So I've just signed up to do the Um, Royal Australian Medical um, Association, Medical Administrators Program Mm -hmm. for health leadership. So to learn a little bit more about leading in health, learn a little bit more about what my next steps as far as being a good leader are, because I often find that um, I suffer from enormous imposter syndrome. I never think that even though I have done significant numbers of degrees and I think that I manage really well. I think managing is different to leading Mm. and I think I can do a lot more to be a better leader. So the next thing I'm planning on focusing on is leading and leading bigger groups, um, potentially moving into some more leadership roles because I really love that. And I think what we've achieved here, so we've worked really hard on things like patient values and staff work-life balance and making general practice sustainable for the GPs, I think Australia can do. I think New South Wales can do. I think if we're wanting to attract GPs from medical school, then that's what we need to be doing. We need to be making general practice something that you can look at and go, yeah, that's cool. It's sustainable. It gives me diversity and interest. Let's do that for everyone. Um, so, no, I probably won't fix the workforce crisis for general practice. But I figure if we can do it here in this practice, then why can't we do it elsewhere?
0: Well, thank you for your time, Dr. Hoffman. I know you've got a lot of patience to see this morning.
1: A couple um, on the list. A couple I'm looking forward to.
0: And you have a lovely day.
1: Thanks, Dr. Timms.